Have you seen anything like that? Three shots for part, I just do two, one pup, pop four, birdie, woohoo, new driver, info, replace, M2, pop five, fairway, what you fin do? Think I'll try to get on into start right, good line, good view, it drew, shoot him at Gavin, two thumbs that's up high and two fingers pointed at you, pew pew. Oh, wow! I'm in the up with the five and might use the trap, man. I got a chip, man, last angle, ball speed, rate of that bass, man, and where that ball land. All right, welcome to On The Screws Podcast. Today we are joined with Mike from TXG. How are you doing, Mike? Yeah, good. Yourself? Doing well, man. Doing well. You can hear me okay there? All good, yeah. Great, okay. Um, Maybe you could give me a quick pronunciation. I should have asked you that before we got rolling here, but uh, I'd appreciate that. No worries. It's uh, Last name's Marty Savage. Okay. I was actually pretty close. Uh, like I went like Sea Witch, but uh, that's that's pretty good. Okay, Marty Sea Witch. All right. So Mike, or uh, you know, you're at uh, TXG in, in Mississauga, I guess, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you guys have the two, um, just the two facilities now in the GTA. We do. Yeah, we've got Leslie York Mills, which is our you know our Scarsdale location, and then 403 Winston, which is our Mississauga location. Okay, cool. And obviously the lockdown has affected you just like it's uh, kind of affected everybody else. Um, yeah. But I'm I'm curious. I'm, I'm curious kind of what got you into the golf world. Like I know um, you've got a big following on your social media. I'm kind of curious to see where it all started for you really. Yeah, I mean, everyone in the family kind of played golf. I, I grew up playing at uh, a club link property, uh, Rattlesnake, and just kind of Anything I did golf-related wise was always just trying to learn as much as I could or, or kind of be a fly on the wall in certain situations and kind of knew from a long, you know, from the early start that I was going to be in the golf industry. Um, grew up in a real estate family and I could have gone into that, but uh, golf's a little bit more interesting uh, than real estate for me. So, um, like I said, uh, probably since I was about, let me see now maybe six or seven i got into golf and uh and just been addicted to it ever since very cool yeah i got in at a pretty uh young age as well like i've been out um a couple of our podcasts i've been out of the i mentioned i've been out of the game for a few years so um just like a back injury uh luckily the covid bug kind of got me uh got me back out on the course like everybody else this year and it uh yeah it was like i never forgot right so first couple rounds were pretty bad but uh things came back but um Maybe you can kind of give an idea because I know even when I was kind of growing up, um, like club fitting has become very prominent in the last few years for sure, right? Like I'm sure you can speak to that a little bit more. Um, But when I was growing up, it wasn't as, uh, you know, maybe as popular. You kind of hear a lot of it now. There's so many different like shaft options, lie. Um, So I'm I'm just curious kind of, you know, what the – I guess you could tell some of our viewers what the – the club fitting process would be as well as why you would get like what the benefits are of it. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, I can, I can start off with saying like, I kind of grew with a bit more of the trend of club fitting. I wasn't in it before it was, I didn't know it any other way. Um, I kind of grew with, as it got, um, popular. Um, and I think the, you know, there was always the, the club fitting at, um, your local, you know, golf retailer or um, your home club, you know, the pro would roll out a cart and, you know, kind of do the, the lie board and kind of a basic fit. Um, and now the popularity of people 
um, wanting to be better. Uh, I think the, the consumer's a lot smarter too. There's so much information out there on equipment, head shaft, you know, grip options, um, that the consumer's so much smarter and they kind of click and they go, okay, I need to really pay attention to what's in my bag in order to get to the next level of golf and, and enjoy it a bit more. Um, we all know golf is, is frustrating. Um, and if we can eliminate some, you know, some variables of, uh, and being able to play some better golf, custom club fitting really helps, you know, achieve the, that certain goal that you're looking for and ultimately just playing better golf. So you have, we have more access to, to data. We have more access to, um, you know, almost science proven that, you know, being the athlete, I watched the tiger doc a couple of weeks ago and. Um, they asked him a question, you know, what, what will we see in 15 to 20 years? And he said, you know, the golfer will become the athlete. He goes, some guys can play, you know, with the big beer belly on tour. He goes, but we will start to see more and more of the, the, you know, the golfer turning into an athlete, which we have seen. I mean, from how fast people are swinging it, obviously Bryson for an example, um, you know, how much these guys really pay attention to mobility, um, being in the gym, you know, six, seven days a week. You don't have to pump a bunch of iron to play good golf, but being physically fit and, and you know, these, these guys are now really paying attention to that. I think that's a, a huge thing in the golf industry as well. Yeah, and I guess that kind of goes with um like the building, like the actual building of the club too, right? So with everybody's body being so different, um, like I know kind of when I grew up, I was playing, you know, more competitive, like high school golf. It was about kind of tall guys who could generate a bit more club speed. Now, now it's really just about, you know, like you were saying, the, the access to data and everything that we have available to us. So kind of tweaking, making tweaks with clubs and shafts and adding weight, removing weight. So it's, it's really fascinating to me. That's why I was so happy that, uh, you're, you're interested in coming on. Cause it's, it's so fascinating. Like I, I feel like I've watched every single Kyle Berkshire video there is. And like, you know, just seeing what he can do with kind of his body and even just how much, you know, it's five or six degree or uh, miles per hour faster than Bryson, but it seems just so crazy that he can, uh, you know, just tweak his body like that. I am definitely not able to, um, but if you don't mind, if I could ask what's in your bag, because I know that's kind of like one of the most fascinating questions right now. Um, you're yeah. building, you're fitting clubs, so you have access to everything. So uh, what's in your bag right now? At, at this time of year, it's kind of the, the big change. Normally, before PGA show, I try to take the latest, you know, TaylorMade driver down to the show with me so I can use it while we play a couple rounds and we're down there. Um, so it's, you know, I, I joke and say I'm a free agent right now, but... Uh, uh, after those videos were released on the uh, on the Mizuno Woods, uh, Ian, Ian and I are, you know, he kind of helps me fill up my bag. And, you know, I should be, I'm a big advocate, get fit, get fit, get fit. But, you know, doing it for a while, you kind of piece product together and you're like, okay, that'll work for me really nicely. And you might hit in the bay a couple of times, but you're not going through the full process. Um, so driver, I'm most likely going to keep my Sim Max. Um, but I've got like four different driver shafts on the go right now. Um, I've got like a 10, the new shaft it actually just released today, 10C1K from Mitsubishi. Um, and all the last scent, I've got an Autoflex in there. I've got a Graphite Design DI in there. So we'll be toying with some shafts over the next couple weeks. Um, Fairywoods, we're doing Mizuno ST uh, 3 and 5, but I'm taking the hybrid out of the bag and kind of making a bit of a monster with the 5. But you're going to put, I'm going to play Ventus, Ventus Red in the three wood, Ventus blue in the five wood with the 
plywood's going to play a little bit shorter than a standard five wood, um, and I'm going to flatten that out a bit. Um, no hybrid, which will be interesting. I've played a hybrid for quite some time, so that'll be uh, definitely different. Um, Iron-wise, I still have... I've got two sets on the go right now. I've got Mizunos, and then I've got MP20s, and then I've got a set of Mira 501 in the bag. Um, and then wedges, I'm still using my artisan wedges. I got artisan wedges made. I was down in Texas about two and a half years ago um, and spent some time with, with Mike Taylor and we built up some wedges. So, you know, those grooves have stayed super sharp. I haven't had to re-groove them or, you know, blast the faces to make the ball spin. They're, they've been really, really good. Um, and the putter, I'm using a Nike Method 001. Um, I kind of threw that in the bag August, wow. September and played a few rounds with it. It's, it's the same length, loft and lie and grip that, you know, Tiger uses. I'm a big Tiger fan and kind of did it as a joke more than not as a joke, but just, I wanted something to his spec. And, uh, I was building a Tiger bag at the time. I, I still trying to build a Tiger bag. Um, and I, I played a couple rounds with it. It just had some unreal putting days where which kind of laughed at it. Um, so he hasn't left the bag at all. So that, that's nice. kind of the setup. I play, I play a Pro B1X. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's the setup. And um, I think that'll, that'll stay for, uh, for this year. I'm, I'm toying with the idea of putting a set of Strixons in the bag, um, which will be iron set number three. So we'll see what happens on when you know when the first tee opens up the club. What I'll be having in my bag, it'll be a it'll be a long tee. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to follow along and see. I right now I'm a complete free agent. I have zero irons in my bag, so I had a uh, I had a set of like Callaway X tours um that I, from I think uh, year 2012 or 13. Um, sold those at the start of this year and picked up um like a just a game improvement M6 set and played those. I felt like I kind of like quickly outgrew them. I'm not like a, you know, I'm a high single digit handicap. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I got rid of those as soon as I could and kind of just, uh, I think I've got it down to a couple. The Mizunos, um, are one of them. And I was just looking at the apex MVs. What do you, what do you think about those? Nice. Yeah. Apex, uh, apex MVs. Nice. I like it over X forge. Um, you know, I built a set of Apex Forge and MB combo for a, one of the golf pros out in the GTA, kind of okay. just before Christmas. And uh, before he picked him up, I took a couple swings with them. And you know, I'm like I'm like a you know, five handicap. Um, I've got good days. I've got really crappy days. Um, but I I tend to play closer towards something like a blade. Um, and you know, I hit a couple shots in in the bay before he picked him up with those Apex MBs and. They were great. They felt super easy to hit. Um, you know, they're a little longer heel to toe, which is nice. So the uh, the combo of them was uh, was really really nice. I, I like them. I like. I definitely like them over X Forge. I haven't hit Apex Pro yet. Um, interested to hit those. Um, but uh, but no, Apex MB is, is definitely nice. When it's safe to do so, we got to have you uh, in the studio. Yeah, I know. Like I kind of where I got connected was, um, just through Instagram. I've followed you for a little while on my personal one, as well as Mac. Uh, my name is Mac as well. So it's kind of just an easy follow. And, uh, yeah. yeah, I was kind of chatting with him about, uh, just touching up some things in my game. And, and, uh, like I considered myself, uh, like, I guess where my handicap would sit, I'm well above average from, you know, maybe a hundred yards in I'm pretty good off the tee, but my long iron game is, uh, 
is what kind of faults me. That's where I lose all my strokes. So uh, if I can't put the... Hopefully, hopefully when he gets back from uh, Dubai and having a fun time in the heat and the sun and all that, <laughs> yeah. he can uh, give a few people some lessons because uh, he knows the swing well and he's... Uh, yeah, I saw his one uh, his one video where he hit that huge uh, that huge hook over the water. Um, so like it's been reposted kind of everywhere, and everybody thought it was just like a big hosel shot. So yeah, impressive swing for sure. Yeah, he took off too. And he was uh, he woke up the next day and it was like holy moly, this thing's gone gone a bit viral in the in the golf scene, which is cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely very cool. And it looks like you know they're having a good time, so can't really fault him. I know he keeps posting how he's extended his uh, like I was talking to him. I think after he'd been there for a month, and he said he was extending it, and then. Again, he extended another 30 days, and then I think he was looking at doing it another 30 days. So why not, right? If you can, yeah. uh, you know, we've got too much snow on the ground. There. There's nothing to do here. He can't even teach right now. So, yeah. um, you know, I know he's doing a bunch of online stuff, which is cool. So, uh, you know, it'd be nice to have him back for the season, but uh, Max, uh, Max a good lad. Yeah. Now, you, you kind of touched on the ball. You play the Pro V1X, which is a ball that I've played a lot of as well. Um, this year, I started playing the TP5X, and one of the questions that I, when I had posted today, um, was uh, what balls can help add launch and spin like the Pro V1X, but are a little, uh, like, just even a touch softer? That was from Matt Oven. I hope I spelled that right, 010. So, um, yeah, I guess I'm definitely pretty curious about that. And I know it was one of your questions yesterday on Instagram about the uh, the new tailor-made ball, if you had heard anything you hadn't. But uh, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I've seen, I mean, I've heard some info on it, but other than, you know, release date and stuff like that, I think it's early to mid-Feb. Um, but I haven't, uh, and I've heard mixed reviews. I've heard that there's been some phenomenal changes to it. I've also heard that it's, you know, there's, you know, subtle changes, you know, to the core or to the cover, sorry, and, and, you know, just time to release a new ball, just like how, you know, Pro V1 and Pro V1X does. Um, you know, the testing that, that, you know, Ian's done with the new Pro V1 and Pro V1X has been, been pretty interesting. Um, some really good findings. Uh, it's just a solid ball. We actually sat down with the, uh, one of the head engineers at uh, Manchester Lane uh, for Titleist, and, uh, and he was just, you know, explaining that really, regardless of the skill level, anyone should be playing a Pro V1 or Pro V1X. Um, you know, he, he gave us some cool examples. He says the average golfer spent, you know, buys three and a half to four dozen golf balls a year. That investment that you're putting into a golf ball, if you're playing it consistently, and that's the one thing, you should only play the same ball. There should be no one day of TP5, one day of Pro V1. That, that's kind of, that inconsistency is huge uh, for a lot of people's games. We don't even think it. Um, but they did a test, and I don't even think this test is public, but they did a test at the at the cradle at Pinehurst, and they took a bunch of different handicap levels, and everyone went out and played golf with their own ball. Some guys played Pro V1X, some guys played Bridgestone, some guys played Strixon, and then they took all those handicaps, and the, next, the same day they're like, okay, here, go play with uh, Pro V1X, or Pro V1, Pro V1X, depending on what ball they were using. They went out, and... You know, the data doesn't lie. The numbers were legit. The, the reviews were legit. You know, you saw increments of, you know, people's handicaps dropping or, or less strokes that they were taking on the, on the cradle. So, you know, all these companies sell, you know, a, a, a top-tier ball, and then they sell, you know, the velocity or they sell a, a multicolored ball or a precept, whatever they want. They just do that for budget. But really, Titleist offers, um, you know, four golf balls, 
for every scale level. That's probably one, probably one X, ABX, and probably one X left dash. Um, and that all has to do with spin and feel and stuff like that. But to be honest with you, I, I've played I've played TP5, TP5X before. I've played the Strixon ball. I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the Strixon ball. Um, but there's something I grew up playing probably one X and just going back to it. It's the performance is there. They had, you know, for the first time in a long time, the release to this ball, they had a lot of guys put in play right away, which generally a lot of people don't know. I mean, some guys play like a 2012 or 2014 version ball, um, just cause they like the feel, they like the spin, they like the control they have for the first time they had like, I think 15 or 20 guys first week put it into play. So you know that's not supposed to be an ad for Titleist, um, but you know when we when we hear you know you know right from the horse's mouth from the engineers and stuff, and we talk to multiple engineers, the the Titleist stuff is you know it's worth the investment. The performance is there. They they make balls for all sorts sorts of levels, but Pro V One X, Pro V One are you know kind of the the cream of the crop. Yeah, it's no doubt. Like, it seems like every piece of title titleist equipment is is quality, right? Like I said, I've I've played the yeah. ball. I just I happen to be gifted some TP five X, played them, and you know where I was, I felt like they're at my level. But you know, like you're saying, you might not think about it, but it could be in- incremental strokes over the course of the year that could you know save you half a point here, half a point there, right? So you guys do you guys do ball fittings as well. We do do ball fittings, yeah. Okay, right on. That's very yeah, cool. So we offer uh, we offer a couple different brands. We you know we throw Snell in the mix because you know we've done good testing with that. You know Chrome Soft, Chrome Soft X. We've got TP5, TP5X, Pro V1, Pro V1 X. Strixon's in the mix, um, and there might be another smaller like independent ball just for the price point people. Right. Um, Did you say Bridgestone? Do you guys do Bridgestone as well? Bridgestone's in that one as okay. well. Okay. So, there will be there will be quite a a quite a you know variety of ball. The one thing we, we really want to do is perfect the the kind of the process of fitting a ball and, and you know for some people they, they don't want to e fit for a ball indoors but you know throughout an iron fitting or even a wedge fitting you know my fitters will you know go up in the cupboard and you know we use Strixons for our fittings um, as a premium ball but sometimes we go you know. Uh, this guy could really use a little bit more spin. We'll run and grab a, a Mizuno ball. And we'll place it down. You start to see the first, you know, four or five shots. They're spinning one, two, you know, hundred or even five hundred RPMs more, and, it, and it's really creating a huge difference for the guy. So, you know, that's based on our fitters just having that that knowledge and, and kind of confidence that it it might not be a head or shaft or grip or length. It might just be as simple as the golf ball. Um, and and a lot of times we've had guys leave with. Uh, from an iron fit and they've got an iron and, and a ball fit in the mix without, without kind of my fitter thinking about it in the beginning or, or, you know, the, the customer ex- expecting that. So, um, that's just kind of thinking on your feet really quickly, but we really want to expand more on, on ball knowledge and, and teaching that to, to our demographic and our customers that, you know, the ball does make a huge difference. Yeah. I remember hearing that. I think it was, I think it was right before the Mayakoba classic. Um, that uh, the TP5 or the uh, Pro V1X story, Pro V1, Pro V1X was released, and quite a few people had put it right in the bag immediately, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. I, I didn't know that guys would play like a ball that's that old, you know, that might be like four or five years old just uh, based off feel. So that is. Uh, I, think, uh, I don't remember what year it was. I, I think it was like 2017. Ian worked with, uh, with Gary Woodland at the Canadian Open, and I got to, you know, kind of be in that 
in that group when we were when they were working with them and and he had a small box of you know pro v's that he was hitting on the range and he was using the 2013 pro v1x um and he was kind of humming and hawing because he's like these are kind of running slim they're telling me they don't want me to use that kind of thing anymore because they just don't have anymore so um yeah a few guys on tour definitely use um some older models of, of golf balls cool we uh we did get that question too i think it was l1 mert uh he had asked about uh, if you built for any uh, tour pros. Uh, I built for uh, like tour pros. I, I worked with the Canadian tour player in the summer. Um, we did some, we made a Frankenstein five wood for him. And, uh, you know, we rebuilt his irons. They were a little out from, from where they came from. And, you know, he was really, really particular, um, but he was, he was a grinder. Um, I took him to the club. We've got a, at my home club, we've got a pretty ridiculous short game area so i did a wedge fitting with him I'm, I'm a big wedge guy so uh we fit him into some of that stuff and ran back to the shop and ground some wedges and then he played them that week at the canadian tour event i think it had tpc yeah it was tpc um and for some strange i'm not taking the credit but for some strange reason he won that week so i've got a i've got a w under the nice the belt, which is nice very cool um, i've got a guy on the corn ferry that i've known from canadian tour that you know, we check product quite a bit, but now that he's on Corn Ferry and he's got a couple uh, PGA Tour starts this year, you know, he's taken care of with uh, with some of the, the big boys out on tour. So um, I still, you know, pick his brain. He still picks my brain, which is cool. But, yeah, I've got uh, any PGA Tour players? I'm trying to think. No, not yet. I know there's there's stuff uh, there's stuff potentially in the works, but uh, but nothing uh, nothing yet. Very cool. Well, and hey, golf's kind of blowing up everywhere, right? So getting into it now, you're a pretty young guy. So I'm sure there'll be some people, uh, some young, uh, some young talent coming out from uh, this area, I'm sure. Um, we got another question about um, OEMs. So that would be the original equipment manufacturer. Um, what OEMs are offering the best variety of non-upcharged aftermarket shaft uh, shafts and woods? So he wasn't specific about three five driver. Yeah, I mean, Taylor uh, <clears throat> Taylor made Titleist Callaway. They all do a really good job with the with the aftermarket. Um, you know, it, you wouldn't find it on on a rack at a at a golf town, right? Um, or in your pro shop, it's something you'd have to order. Um, not all of them are kind of free upgrades. There's you know there is a bit of a premium upgrade. Um, you know, if you want to go that route, iron-wise, Mizuno and Strixon do the best. Um, Mizuno and Strixon, they offer a lot of premium shafts right for stock, so it's not even an extra upgrade. You know, I know they offer some KB, Modus. Um, I think they offer some maybe Tour issue now as well, X1. So that's stuff that you don't have to pay extra for to get in those irons. So that's um, that's a really, good, uh, a really good group of guides that are offering some ridiculous product for for no up charges uh yeah I saw, a huge benefit to the golfer yeah i saw you post the uh that you like the modus and i was looking at a pair of M, uh, mb20s um uh the mizuno sorry that uh that came with the modus so that's kind of um you know something that grabbed my eye right away i've always played kbs um my driver is the hazardous project x um I can't get rid of that. Like, I love the thing. I have two of them now. So I just like, you know, it's kind of one of those things you just stick with. Right. And, and, uh, like I hit the ball fairly well off the tee until probably about September, October. So when it cooled down, I started losing it, but, but, um, yeah, just, 
again, though, I, I haven't had a fitting um, like on any of my clubs. So I kind of want to go through the whole bag and probably spend a day with you guys and uh, clean things up. So um wanted to ask you, I saw like, I know I have a very distinct Canadian voice. I have a few American friends and they're always picking on me. So one of your questions yesterday was Farrell or Farrell. So, <laughs> so Farrell, I always like, whenever I hear people like I, I know I uh, follow Haywood golf quite a bit like uh, Josh is kind of up and coming there and it I always like pick up on that little bit of fair rules so I thought that was pretty funny that somebody pointed that out yeah. on that I mean it's funny when, <laughs> when the guy that asked me that is a good customer of ours and I was like I had to say that loud a couple times I call it a feral um, yeah but uh, you know some of the guys you know you know, even the spelling of it really stumps a lot of guys you know I'll ask I'll get a text from one of the fitters and they're like hey can I order a set of these custom ferals and the ferals just botched with the way you type? Cause it, it's a confusing word, but yeah, this feral, but I did add the A in there just for, just yeah, for fun I like that. Funny enough. I just got a, a reply. I had asked Josh, Hey, what a question. So I'm really um, like interested in the Haywood irons, but they don't carry the uh, like they have the signatures in left and I guess their new CNC irons they're bringing out left, uh, left-handed, but um, like I'm a lefty. So um, they're uh I guess they're kind of more their blade style iron, their players iron. They don't, yeah, yeah. Uh, they don't yeah, have yet. Yeah. Well, and there's so many of us in Canada too. Right. But I get it. Like they're a smaller company. And like when I was on, uh, they did like a charity stream around the, uh, around the Christmas holidays. And, and he was saying just how much it is to kind of build that, um, like the forge, the press and everything. It's, it's insane. Right. So I've heard, uh, you know, through, not even smaller manufacturers, but maybe some certain OEMs. I can't remember exactly. I've got it the notes somewhere in a notebook, but um, maybe I learned this from from Mike at Artisan. But uh, a left-handed, so a plate costs anywhere from in the hundreds of thousands, five hundred to six hundred, wow. seven hundred thousands for for a plate, um, depending on the company. And and then so for small companies, it's expensive to create that left-handed plate. Yeah, re kind of jig the shape, and um, I've heard upwards to it could cost millions of dollars to to make a lefty plate. And, you know, we've heard from you know Canada. Yes, has a large population of lefties, but other like us and I think it's Australia and Ireland are large populations of lefties. Other than that, for any OEMs, all their testing that they've done, all their data collection they've done, it's like zero. Yeah. Of, of I- like I, I looked it up a little while ago. It was like 30% in Canada. Um, that's probably a guess, really. I don't even know if it's that much. All of my friends are kind of hockey players. We grew up hockey players, so we're all playing left-handed. But uh, yeah. like I, I know it's under 10%, I think, in, in North America still. So that's, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I mean, obviously, Asia has a huge population of just righty golfers. Right. Um, and that's kind of where everything is... Although the North Americans are manufacturing in Asia, that's just from from where their major sales are coming from are are righty are righty golfers. So yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely you know we do say lefties get the short end of the stick. Even when we do you know testing on the channel, you know, with Matt being a, a lefty, we're kind of you know our hands are tied with certain product that we can test and yeah um even if it's like a driver, they might only make it in a nine degree, and he really prefers a ten five. Um, or maybe they only make it in a 10 and a half and, and for that, you know, something lower would be better. So it's, it, it is tough with lefties and there's, you know, that's one thing, grow the channel to have for certain swing speeds and certain players, more righty, 
tester so they can test out their product for us too. Yeah. Uh, which is cool. But yeah, there's um, the companies are getting better at it though. I can definitely say that they're offering more and more as the, the years go on for, for lefty golfers. Yeah. It's um like, it's such a niche up here. Right. But uh, you know, with, with uh, it becoming so popular this year, I can see it uh, becoming more prominent in the game anyway. Yeah. Um, did you watch this past weekend, the farmer's insurance open? I did. I did. Farmers yeah. is uh I love the farmers. I've been to uh, to the West Coast a bunch of times, and you know, my dad and I have had a chance to play North and South together. Um, so to watch Tory is always a, a good reminder of, of being out there. But uh, it was an interesting event. I, I, to be honest, with you, I'll be excited. You know, for how the guys play the last six or seven holes uh, yesterday, it'll be interesting to see uh, see how that course sets up for the U.S. Open. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty curious and. And uh, I believe like a couple weeks ago, we kind of gone through some of our predictions and whatnot. And uh, like I definitely, there was uh, quite a few people saying that Bryson could repeat. So, um, you know, I thought the course just kind of laid out nicely for him with it being so long, right? But I'm pretty sure I picked Tony Finau, which it was nice to see him have uh, a good finish. Again, though, can't get the win. Um, But my pick, Xander Shoffley, uh, like I do a weekly uh, weekly pick. And so he finished second as well, tied with Finau at minus nine. And like I know he had some choice words to say about Patrick Reed. So I was kind of curious if you want to get into that, if you're okay getting into that or what your thoughts were on that. Yeah, I mean, look, like when it it happened, um, obviously the guy's under the spotlight a ton just from what's happened in the past. Yeah. Um, You know, you kind of – I didn't open the rule book because um, I'm sure I break more than one rule around. Um, but I, you know, we are kind of waiting to hear from Golf Channel to report or NBC to report on it. Nothing was really said. It was very ho-hum. I think if, if he did cheat, the players would have come up and said, hey, you know, what you did was wrong. Um, you know, I think a lot of guys are, are honest out there. Um, you know, I, I, I think for anyone, if nothing was done Saturday, for anything to be commented on, after that, it, it doesn't really matter. You know, Brandel Chambly ripped a strip off his back and, you know, said he talked to 20-plus retired and current players, and they said, yes, he broke a rule. Um, and then apparently this afternoon, just before we got on this call, I, I, I read that the rule wasn't broken. So, you know, for what happened in the Bahamas a couple years ago, yes, I don't agree with that. For what happened at Torrey, to be honest with you, I didn't. I didn't even know about this broken ground rule. I just thought a plug's a plug and a bounce is not a bounce. Um, right. Because yeah, I guess he was like basing it on. He was basing it on the spotter, right? Because I was watching it live at the time, and the spotter said, uh, "No, like I, I, it didn't bounce, or I don't think it bounced, or whatever it was." But then it was kind of interesting that they, after that point, found, I guess, the ball mark, right? Because you could see it on the camera; it bounced, maybe landed like a foot or two away. So it's kind of interesting that they found a plug mark after that. That's that's where I got kind of confused because I thought, how do you make a plug mark other than kind of pressing it down with your hand or whatever it may be? But he yeah, didn't. I mean, the other side of me is almost like, you know, at that level, why even touch it and just play it, play it as it is? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of the other, like, that's the other thought too. Like, I'd walk over. I wouldn't really think to move it or anything like that. Like, I'd probably just play it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you look at, I think it was, it was Carlos Ortiz was in the bunker, I think it was Saturday or yesterday, and it, he went bunker to bunker, and the fairway bunker ended up greenside, and it was tucked right underneath the lip. Yeah. And, he, you know, he took a whale at it, you know, and, and some of us would go, 
this is going backwards on me because that's the only place I can get the ball. And, you know, he got advanced it forward and onto the green. But, you know, just shots like that, like, I don't know, you just maybe don't touch it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've nudged the ball because there's, you know, a leaf under it or something like that. Yeah. I'm not playing for millions of dollars. I'm playing for $10, $20 on a Sunday um, or drinks. Um, so it doesn't it doesn't really – it's different for us. And, you know, it's hard for us to really comment because we're not under that spotlight. But the guy's won nine times. He's got a green jacket, Ryder Cup, you know, yeah. player. You know, he's, he's definitely a player. Um, well, he's he's you know, easily one of the best short game players on tour too, right? Like he's probably well, top three. Yeah, exactly. He's probably top three on tour though, um, which is why I just found it like with his past history, I found it interesting that he would even move the ball. Um, but I know what you mean. Like I've got at my home course, I've got a on number two and four. There's kind of a waste bunker that goes through, and I'm I'm a draw player, so I always kind of find my way into it and. Like I know when I got new irons or if like there's pebbles and stuff in there. So yeah, like we're going to move the ball playing for a beer or cigar or a couple bucks with our buddies. But yeah, I think I would just knowing that he has like, he's got to have that confidence in his game regardless to just make the play. Right. So um, yeah, like I, I, I was looking up cause I'm a big Xander Shoffley fan. So I actually did find that he had a quote. Uh, obviously the talk amongst the boys isn't great, I guess, but he's protected by the tour. And that's all that matters, I guess. And that's kind of how he phrased it, which was very interesting. And then uh, Lanto Griffin said today, it's it's sad. It kind of pisses us off. So it sounds like the guys are kind of rallying around him a little bit, um, not around him or against him, I guess. So yeah. I don't know. It's just something I, uh, like I definitely don't like to see it, um, especially at that level. He's such a great talent and it takes away from it. Like he won by six strokes. Did he, he birdied the final yeah, hole, right? Five yeah. Or six, so, so five or six. Yeah. So, um, like I think, uh, like Nick Faldo had said, it kind of took away any of the, you know, black cloud, but it sort of doesn't, right? Like we're still talking about it today and guys are still talking about it today. So it's definitely, uh, I don't know, not, um, say if it, if, you know, if Tiger, if Tiger was to do it, this would be, you know, they'd be rid you know, they'd be ripping him a new one yeah. than what Patrick Reed has gotten. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, you know, shame on the tour as well for, you know, if, if a rule's broken and they've got these books for a reason, they've got all these rules officials out there if the rule is broken and they know that it's broken then at that at that day and time before it's you know 12 o'clock midnight the next day then you know call the rule and, and give them a two-stroke or whatever you want to give them and and move on but to to do nothing is and you know guys on tour are saying he's broken a rule then obviously someone's wrong yeah well and you, you know just as Every, every level of golfer knows and understands the psychology of the game, right? So that could really have changed things if uh, if he made that, like if he would have got to assess the two-stroke penalty. So I don't know. We'll see, I guess. We we shall see. Um, I did want to ask you, though, before uh, – I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I saw that, you're, uh, that you were making some ribs yesterday. You were smoking some ribs. So yeah. how did they turn out? They turned out good. You know what? Yeah. I, I found this guy on YouTube. I've just got a Napoleon gas grill. Um you know, I'd love a green egg. Um, now that I'm got the the bug, but there's a couple guys in the industry that you know, a couple shaft guys and another club through the U.S. who are big into smoking briskets and stuff like that. And I just picked their brain, and, and they turned out they turned out really good. It was like four and a half hours. Wow. Um, you know the process, but they you know the neighborhood smelled unreal yesterday, <laughs> um, and they were uh, they were good. They weren't dry or anything. So nice. During COVID, we've taken up uh, we've taken up a bit more cooking duties and we're doing you know homemade pastas 
homemade mozzarella, and I think I'm secretly Italian. <laughs> So, very cool. Um, yeah. Are you a football guy? You got them on the menu in a couple weekends, or I guess well next weekend. Yeah, yeah I yeah. got. Uh, I mean, to be honest, with you, I wanted to see the Bills do it. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Kansas City um, for this weekend coming up. I'm a Giants fan, unfortunately. So I've. I mean, we have beat Brady two times. So yeah. Super Bowl, but I'm just saying, like, I would rather the Giants there, but. Uh, I've got some good friends at Buffalo. Buffalo would have been cool, but we're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna go the Chiefs. Yeah, very cool, very cool. I think so too. Uh, I think so too. Yeah. Um, like I definitely. I used to follow a lot of college football, not as much anymore. But um, yeah, Patrick Mahomes, he's cleared. He's ready to go. I, I think it's yeah. gonna. It's gonna be very tough. Very tough for Tampa Bay. To... Who is your college team? Ohio State. Ohio State. Nice. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely Ohio State, and uh, yeah, I just um, not following football as much. Like I used to be a big Bears fan, um, so yeah. I'm kind of open, not a bandwagoner at all. But uh, I definitely like, you know, the Bills seem to be doing good things. So, and they're kind of the home team, right? So, um, yeah. you know, we're all Toronto Maple Leafs fans by default to an extent. So, um, you know, same type of thing with hockey, right? So, but Mike, I really appreciate you. Uh, really appreciate you taking the time. Um, you've got so much knowledge on the game, really looking forward to, uh, when you guys open back up, coming to see you. And then, uh, hopefully I don't make a, it's tough. Like with the golfers, right? We always want to like, just make a decision, buy our clubs, whatever it is. I got a little set up in the basement. So, um, I'll try and hold off though. Make sure I can come in and, uh, give a good test. Definitely. Well, as soon as it's safe to do so, um, just fire me a note. We'll, we'll squeeze you in there. Hopefully, uh, hopefully Mr. Boucher is back on this side of the pond and, uh, he can observe as well so for sure so where uh where's the best place for anybody to uh to get a hold of you honestly uh Inst is the best uh that's just mike txg um you can also go to our website txg.ca um and you can contact i think it's uh, info at txg.ca is the email for any any kind of direct uh direct questions you know even if it's not for myself it's just questions on the company or or what services we offer um, we are obviously closed due to COVID, but, uh, we're allowed in the, uh, in the build shop a couple times a week so we can still take orders and, uh, and build some sticks, which is nice. Very nice. Well, thanks again. Really appreciate the no time. Worries. All right. Thank you. Enjoy the time in the, uh, coming up to the upcoming season. Take care, Mike. Bye for now. Put the five in my youth trap, man. I got a chip, man. Last ain't no boss beat. Rate that best, man. And where that ball land. Watch that's on my hand. It's yours at the time, man. Yeah, that's my garment. I feel like Ron, man.